0: Listening to episode 39, Chapter 2 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lambert. And I'm Josh
1: Havens. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He will help you grow today
0: in the everyday moments of life. And today, we're continuing our conversation with Josiah Smith about his book Along the Way. Josiah Smith is the senior leader and founding pastor of New Hope Community Church in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. A graduate of Central Bible College, he has a passion for building up the church across denominational lines, seeing new churches planted, and teaching the Bible in a practical and understandable way. He is an ordained minister in the Church of God, Cleveland, Tennessee.
1: Discipleship is a lifelong process. It's tough to remember this at times because we want to have arrived at the destination. We want the journey to be done and to have received our reward. But there are certain lessons that can only be learned during the journey. It's a transformational journey that we take with Jesus and with the people alongside us. In this chapter, Josiah lays out some basic principles he's learned for walking this journey with Jesus and others. It's a lifelong journey built on those relationships. And as we travel, Jesus begins to transform us teaching us the good news of the gospel, teaching us to let go of things like unforgiveness and our own self-centered desires.
0: Let's talk about some structure because you have a really cool structure in your book. And so uh, you've got it broken up into seven parts. And first off, I guess I'll go ahead and state, each of these chapters is very short. They can easily be read in in a sitting as a devotional, um, you know, while you're waiting for your discipleship coach or whomever to show up for coffee, I mean, you know, it's a a great structure for that alone. Um, but you've also got it broken up into seven parts. Can you walk us through why those seven parts and why you chose to structure it that way?
2: Yeah. And that was a result of a lot of rewriting, <laughs> many, many rewrites. And so uh, some of, some of my goals, uh, one, I wanted to make the book, uh, understandable so that anyone could read it. Um, you know, as long as you can read, yeah. you should be able to read this book. You know, that, that was that's my hope. Tr- I, to, I think that's true. <laughs> trying to keep it un- uncomplicated and, and especially, and it's been cool too, to get some feedback from this since, since the book's been published, you know, people who don't like reading, they're like, well, two pages. I can do that. Yeah. And so each chapter yeah. is it's two, maybe two and a half pages, no more. Um, so I, re- I really wanted to make it a book for non-readers, uh, but also a book that's enjoyable for readers. So that's that's kind of the reason for keeping it so short. The reason I divided it into parts really came from the fact that as we were meeting people, meeting with people, we were trying to develop the structure of like, not 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 having it where it d- dragged out too long, you know. Cause you're meeting one week, not, not the other week. And then 16 weeks later, you're like, let's try to review what we talked about in week one. And so I, I was trying to model it where we could do it in like seven or eight weeks. You know, we meet together seven or eight times. And again, hopefully that forms a relationship where you can continue meeting. But like for this material, like if someone's getting saved, they, they came to the church, they get saved. We connect them to a coach. Then they should be able to, to get the book and meet with the coach seven or eight times and be completed, uh, complete and have completed the book. Um, so that's, that's the goal there. And then the way that I th- kind of laid the book out, I really wanted there to be a progression, um, kind of like, okay, it's this journey with Christ. So what's next, you know, all right, you just got saved. Now I didn't, I didn't make it, it necessarily a new believers book in that it doesn't, it doesn't cover like, um, you know, go to church next Sunday and be baptized and that sort of thing. I, there's some other smaller resources that I think are useful for that, that, that we've utilized. Um, but it is hopefully to start a coaching discipleship relationship, like a walk, a walk with Christ and with people. And so I, I started out with um, the story of a kingdom, which may be an odd way to start. Uh, but I'm, I, I've become really passionate the past few years about just realizing the truth that Jesus is, talked so much about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and that Christianity, it wasn't intended to be a religion per se. Um, it wasn't intended to be, uh, you know, one of, one of many religions, but it really is like, it is a kingdom. We have a king, we have a father king. And so I wanted to start the book out just framing it that way, because I think a lot of people aren't familiar with that. Um, and so my goal in that first part is simply to tell the story of the Bible Mm-hmm. uh in the context of a kingdom in five short chapters <laughs> so yep, that's simple that to, you should be able to do that uh, any day. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> yeah so that was the goal at least
0: no and i think you do i think you do a good job of condensing down the main points into those those pieces and and that's what i, I like you know and i read that i i see that as like your gospel section right? You're just sort of walking them through the story of the Bible, but framing it in that kingdom mindset way. And uh, and you're right. I think that's something extremely important that we have often overlooked when we present the gospel message, right? It's, you know, count the costs is to forsake everything else and make Jesus Lord. Well, what does that mean, right? It's forsaking Caesar. It's forsaking all the other things, the idols, the, you know, the the myriad of things that we, we put up in our lives as uh, uh idols and sin in our lives. We're we're giving all that up. And so I love the kingdom um aspect of it.
2: Yeah, and I'm I'm hoping through that part that you know people would understand um like why did Jesus have to die on the cross? You know, what is this whole deal about sin anyway? So yeah, you're right. That that section in the context of the kingdom tells the story of the gospel.
0: Yeah, but then you move on um see because I guess that's what surprised me the most when I was looking at it. sort I guess I expected based on the, your subtitle, right. That you'd sort of have the gospel stuff sprinkled throughout it. And it's not that it's not, but you're, you sort of like, you get a lot of that gospel out there. You set that foundation in part one, and then you move on to these other uh, issues and allows you to go, I, I guess, fairly deep in only two to three pages on these particular issues. Right.
2: Yeah. You know, and that was, that was, kind of tough you know the tension when you're writing you're like there's there's so much more that i could put here you know but i I didn't want to go more than just a couple pages um so i really had to it was really good for me honestly to Mm -hmm. think through like what is really really important you know like what what does someone need to know in these first seven or eight weeks you know um what'd you find
0: oh go ahead
2: well i was gonna say it's it's cool too because even though um I mean, I've been a, been a believer for a long time and I'm a pastor and like, I wrote the book, but I still find myself like flipping through some of these pages and be like, oh, I needed to hear that today. Like I, I need, and it just, it's a reminder that discipleship is so ongoing, you know, and yeah. we never get past the basics. We never move <laughs> on from the essentials.
0: Um, hey, preach it, man. That's true. <laughs> that's, that's why we have step two, practice the basics, because you know, those fundamentals are yeah, key. Right. Always, always, always. That's right. Um, right. What was the most difficult chapter or, or maybe section for you to write personally?
2: Oh, boy. Good question, man. Good question. Well, I, I don't know if it was the most difficult, but the last, the last section that I wrote was actually part four uh, called At War with the Devil.
1: Mm.
2: And so that would have been kind of the final piece. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I didn't necessarily write it in order. I was mixing it, it up and, yeah. and switching things around. And that's the last part that I wrote. And, uh, so it talks about some deep heart issues. Um, the one chapter talks about unforgiveness, uh, the chapter following that then talks about idolatry. Um, yeah. And so like, just, you know, writing that can be convicting too. Cause you're like, obviously I want, I want to make sure that I'm like, my heart is clear here as I, as I'm writing. and so. Uh, that one also was influenced a lot by, there's a book called Unbound by Neil Lozano. Um, and then there's a couple other resources that, that heavily influenced that section. But yeah, my hope for that is that that can just, uh, not only reveal that the fact that we're like in spiritual warfare, but actually like how to keep our hearts clear and clean. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I guess that one was probably the one that I had to think through the most. Um, in, in writing. Cause you know, I mean, I've, I've heard a lot about spiritual disciplines and the spiritual gifts, but, but the spiritual warfare, uh, to write that section, you know, authentically biblically and also not weird people out, you know, cause, uh, when you say spiritual warfare, some people don't want to read that section. Yeah. Um, so trying to keep it, keep it simple enough to where, uh, it's, it's understandable mm-hmm. and people still want to read the rest of the book.
1: Yeah. Can you walk us through all the all the sections real quick and kind of your the the, the thinking behind the progress uh, of those sections?
2: Yeah, yeah. So so again, part one we start with the kingdom, uh, kind of the progression of of the gospel, and then moving in from that. Uh, I, I really have tried to imagine it like as a journey. Okay, I've just entered a kingdom. I found out about this king. I found out you know I'm I'm a part of a new thing here. So what am I doing? And so the next step is like that relationship with the king. Um, And I do keep the kingdom theme going throughout the whole book. Um, But yeah, so part two, moving into relationship. So what does it mean? And this would be the basics of like, if someone just got saved, what do they need to know? Well, they need to know that that the Bible is God's one way that God communicates with us. They need to know like prayer is not a scary thing where you have to spend an hour with your face on the floor necessarily. It's just communicating, talking with God, you know, and, and what to expect, listening to him. And, um, and also I try to just set up obedience as an expectation too. like, the, the more we obey God's word, the more we'll understand it. But if we don't obey it, further understanding won't come. Mm. Um, but keeping it in that context of like, we obey because we love, because we are loved. So it's that relationship. And then moving beyond that, kind of the idea of like, well, how, how do we engage in this relationship? What's through the Holy spirit, you know? So the Father is in heaven and Jesus has ascended and he's in heaven, but the Holy Spirit is the one who walks with us, lives with us. And so kind of went through just the basics of like, who is the Holy Spirit? Like the Holy Spirit's a person, not like Star Wars force-like <laughs> thing. Um, and uh, and then a little bit of the story of the Holy Spirit, you know, Acts chapter 2. And, and uh, the idea that the Holy Spirit is the one who produces fruit in us. Um, and a big thing there was just that fruit, Fruit is something that's grown, you know, gifts are given, fruit is grown. And so as we walk in relationship with our King, with our, our guide, who is the Holy Spirit, you know, we develop fruit. But as we're walking in this journey and, and we're walking in relationship, we encounter opposition. Like, whoa, hold on. What's going on here? Like, w- was I not in relationship with God? Does God not love me? Well, no, that's that's the enemy. That's the devil. And so that's going into part four. We're just talking about like, you will experience resistance and it's not because you're doing something wrong. It's because you have an enemy, you know, and uh, again, talking in, in that, in that section about unforgiveness, idolatry, I, w- I was just trying to think of two of the biggest stumbling blocks, I guess, you know, and uh, of course we can mention a whole lot of others in there. Um, but I, I think for a lot of believers, unforgiveness is probably the biggest, the biggest thing that keeps us from moving forward in our journey with Christ. And the crazy thing is we can be, you know, serving Christ and, and thinking Christianly, uh, so to speak, for 30 years or or going to church for 30 years and never actually move forward on our journey because, because of unforgiveness, you know? Mm. And so just seeing how, how that's something that the enemy uses. And then uh, went from part four into part five, talking about how in, in this kingdom, since we're in a war, since we have opposition, we actually do need to train. We need to be prepared. And so these spiritual disciplines that we talk about are holy habits. They aren't something we do, you know, to earn salvation that we do it because we're in a war, you know, and one day we may not need, I don't, I, don't <laughs> I haven't thought this through maybe enough, but like one day we may not need to do practice spiritual disciplines in a sense of like, you know, I have to do this, but, um, But, you know, we're in war and we have to to discipline our flesh, you know, so we fast. You know, we do spend those times in prayer and and memorizing the word and things like that. And so then uh, moving from there into part six uh, goes into, uh, I just called it gifts and graces, talking about spiritual gifts. So in this journey where we face opposition, where we have to prepare and be disciplined, God gives us tools and he equips us for the journey and for the battle. And so went through talking about, uh, some of those gifts, uh, and, and really just hoping to get the message across that like everyone in the kingdom has a gift. Mm -hmm. Everyone in the kingdom is equipped. Everyone who's walking with Jesus has something to give, something to say, something to do. And, you know, and I tried to focus on the, towards the end of that part, how all these gifts that God has given us are for the purpose of building people up, building up his church. And so, and then that moves into part seven, which is just the fact that, okay, you've been given these tools and these gifts, these graces for a reason. Now, what are you supposed to do with them? And so in that final part, just talk a little bit about uh, being on mission with God, how God's desire is to partner with us and kind of closing the book, talking a little bit about uh, personalities, our abilities, our desires, you know, kind of, uh, you know, that's influenced by Rick Warren's purpose-driven life trying to figure out like, why am I here? What am I supposed to do with this? Um, and then concluding the book by just encouraging people to get involved in a local church. All right. You have these gifts, you have these abilities. God is inviting you into partnership. Who are you going to walk with and who are you going to help? Um, and so my, my hope would be that by the time someone's done with the book that they would then have this desire to walk with someone else and to help someone else in that journey too.
0: To be a disciple of Jesus is also to make him Lord of your life. We often overlook the significance of what it meant for Jesus to come proclaiming the kingdom of God is at hand. For the original Jewish audience, this was their hope of salvation. The coming of the kingdom of God meant that they would be free from the oppression of foreign rulers and that God would once again reign absolute in their lives. So being a disciple means learning to be a citizen of God's kingdom. This can help motivate us to take our call to follow Jesus more seriously. It isn't something that's optional or only for the spiritual elite. It's for each and every one of us. It's about making discipleship encompass your entire life. Here at Daily Growth Discipleship, we teach the five steps. In Josiah's book, he walks his readers through seven areas of growth that are vital for this journey. So I want to challenge you to take your discipleship seriously. The fact that you're here right now listening to this podcast proves that you have a desire to grow in your relationship with Christ. But have you taken the necessary steps to make discipleship a priority in your life? If you haven't, I'd encourage you to pick up a copy of Josiah's book and begin reading it with someone. Together, you can both encourage one another as you strive to live a lifestyle of discipleship in God's kingdom.
1: Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship, and the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. for listening to this episode of the daily growth discipleship podcast to find out more about josiah's work check out his book along the way then check out the next chapter in our conversation where josiah explains what to look for in a discipling relationship if you want to stay up to date on everything happening at daily growth discipleship go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free you can also subscribe to this podcast on apple podcasts google podcasts and spotify